The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, Ed Meyer. And good evening and welcome to Winning Ponies. I'm your host, Ted Meyer. Thanks for taking your time and tuning in, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific. And you know what coast you live on by now. As we talk about the Sport of Kings, whole lot of fun each and every week. And thank you for tuning in with us. Last week, Winning Pony sponsored a race at Monmouth Park. That's right. The Red Hot Monmouth Park. 50 days. Million dollars a day. Big time racing. And they sponsored a race right after the Pegasus. The pick, Rose Catherine, wins like a good thing. Go back. Tune it up if you don't believe me. I wouldn't fib to you. Rose Catherine wins like a good thing. Hope you dug into the tier levels and made hay while the sun shines. Pistol Pete gave out his mule play. Rumbling home, a winner. Because he was talking about $6, $6, and he think he might have played it. I think Pete has him zeroed in there. He's going to be giving us a call a little later. Just got on the phone with him. And the final statement is it was kind of rushed at the end. I said, load on Patio Prado. $5 return. Sweet little turf runner here. Patio Prado ran in the derby. Broke his maiden in a grade three turf race. This is a nice little turf runner here. Five bucks. Three to two is a great return here. What's happening this week? Recap of last week. Yep. We're going to talk about that real quick. We're going to shoot them out there. We're going to talk about some biggins. Special guest this week, retired rider, assistant racing secretary, fill-in steward, Carter Scales, man of many hats, Mr. Bill Troilo. He's joined us in the past. Billy's going to join us and bring a full-color picture of racing right into your noggin. Spoke to him earlier. This guy is hes just full of energy. News, final furlong handicapping, Pistol Pete. He said he's going to give us a call in a little later on. We're chock full of action, chock full of fun. That you got to like. Let's do a recap of last week. June 19th, Colonial Downs. We had an Tyler Picklesheimer, director of racing. Always a pleasure to talk to my good friend. Race number eight, the Buckland. Winner was the 12, Lady Rizzy, Alan Garcia, Linda Rice. Spain 1060, drifting in. But winning by a head at the wire. Lady Rizzy looking good. 1060, nice price. Race number nine, the all along grade three event. Winner is the five shared account. Edgar Prado going three wide of the 16th pole to win for trainer Graham Motion. 
Not bad cooking at all in the all along. Race 10, the Colonial Turf Cup, a grade two event. Winners the one right along the rail, Patio Prado. Driving to win by three impressive links under Kent DeSormo for Dale Romans. To pay a square five bucks. You get a Lincoln for that. That's not bad. Belmont, race number nine, the New York Stakes. Winner was a six, Lady Shakespeare. Under a long drive by Johnny V for Roger Atfield. Roger from Canada. My goodness. This guy in his day and currently, he used to torture them at Keeneland. You'd always see this red and white soaks. 650 to win in the New York Stakes for Lady Shakespeare. Hollywood, race eight. The Affirm Handicap of Grade 3. Winners the two. Golden Knights, Tyler Bays. Wore him down for Ron Ellis. 380 to win. Ron, a good guy. Past guest as well. They want to try to get Tyler Bays on. Monmouth, race number 10. The Pegasus Stakes, Grade 3. It was a $200,000 race. It's a Grade 3 race. But by Monmouth standards, it's kind of average because the next race was an allowance event sponsored by Winnie Ponies, and that was for $81,000. Wow, that's tons of money. Anyway, the Pegasus winner is the six of Fleet Express. Javier Castellano, three-wide bid, drawing clear by a length in three parts. James Jerkins, son of the giant killer, six beans on the win end. There is your recap of last week's races. Not bad shooting. Want to shoot out a little bit of action here to you. And it all starts like this. A little bit of news, a little bit of good news, and a little bit of action. I always like the action. Action's my favorite part. Breeders' Cup betting challenge returns for 2010. Up to $340,000 on the line in an all-star handicapping tournament in Lexington, Kentucky. This is from Jim Gluckson from the Breeders' Cup. Churchill Downs announced the second annual Breeders' Cup Challenge, a two-day handicapping tournament. November 5th and 6th, the betting challenge, $340,000 and be limited to 120 players. Get this, $10,000 buy-in. $10,000 buy-in. The tournament will be held on Churchill's six-floor gold room, providing each player with individual betting carolers, television, seating. The room will feature a racetrack viewing area from the six-floor balcony. All registered players will receive a full buffet each day, clubhouse credentials for themselves and a guest, discounted hotel rooms, and a gift package of merchandise. Hmm. The top six finishers will also qualify. Top six. Now, that's pretty good shooting there. And this is, a, this is a money contest. This is a money contest. This is a live bankroll. Last year's champion, Dave and Wilkenfield, collected 166000 with his winning total of 41000 And first place prize money was $125,000. That's pretty good shooting. Talking about pretty good shooting, we got a guy on hold, and we're going to get to him shortly, one Mr. Bill Troilo. You're definitely going to want to stay tuned for that. Known Bill for many years. He's as tough as a nickel steak. And uh, I'll say in front of God and everybody, I'd be afraid to take him on in the dark alley. This guy is as tough as they come and as nice as they come. Jockey autograph session. Good memories right here at Belmont Park Saturday to benefit Barbaro. Fund for equine health, safety research, and permanently disabled jockeys fund. Everybody wins there. From Joan Lawrence from the NTRA. 
Dr. Dean Richardson also to accept a $37,000 check from Barbara Memorial Fund. Pfizer Animal Health will host a jockey autograph session this Saturday at Belmont Park from 11 to 12 for the Barbaro Fund. That is really cool. There's no charge for autographs, though a donation, donation of $5 is suggested. And you get the riding with Barbara wristbands. Mr. Troilo's hearing that out. Maybe he ought to be looking into that. Maybe they can even ship some down to his home track of Indiana Downs. Saw something this week that was really cool. It was a blog. It was called Off to a Flying Start, the name of the blog, or the title name of the blog. This week was the Seven Deadly Bets. And it said, on a long November afternoon when Easy Go didn't catch Sunday Silence in the Breeders' Cup Classic, I became hooked on horse racing. That is the author speaking. Following is a list of the seven deadly bets that he's made over the past years. As in the seven deadly sins. What, what's next? Dante's Inferno's hot selections? But I love these. The seven deadly bets. Number one, the greed bet. I bet way too much on the 8-5 to five can't lose favorite. They do give money away at the track, don't they? Greed. The gluttony bet. These type of bets will often come in a feeling of desperation and need to pick a winner. That is to say, boxing seven horses in a Kentucky Derby field of 20. Thinking it's giving you an edge. Gluttony, just taking it all in. The sloth bet. These are the guys that just bet whatever the daily racing worm says. They, they can't be wrong, can they? Meaning they just don't want to do their daggone homework. The envy bet. The wager really comes from resentment towards a friend or family member whose betting advice I did not take the previous race. I told you I liked the four. My envy wager typically is a long shot and attempt to inflate my handicapping self-esteem. The pride bet. Similar to the greed bet, this wager involves copious notes in numbers with certain belief that cannot pick any losers. And his handicapping skills are superior to the guys in the DRF. Hmm. The anger bet, usually directed at myself. The angry bet does not come from picking the wrong horse, but coming up with a winner and just not making the right bet. I didn't have it over the seven, or why didn't I just bet it to win? How many times have we ever said that one? Then there was the lust bet. This is probably the most understatable of the deadly bets. I have fallen in lust with many beautiful, fast racehorses. Great piece by Off to a Flying Start. Really enjoyed that. Got me thinking about uh, a lot of the facing characters at the track. And it says, in terms of horse racing, I probably won't be covering the seven virtues, kindness, patience, humility, etc. But I do have several superstitious betting angles yet to come. Well, sense of humor in racing, that is what it's all about, because uh, I don't think there's anything like it. You won't see it at a casino, and you won't see it at a slot machine, because race trackers are one and the only and unto themselves. Well, it is time to head out to a break, and when we return, we're going to be chatting with our special guest of the week here on Winning Ponies, one Mr. Bill Trello, but you're only going to get it. If you stay tuned further, as we kick it here on Winning Ponies. And I file the bar, double round the crown, and everybody's getting down in this town. Ain't never gonna be the same. Cause I settle up my horse. Your internet flagship station for sports. 
America Sports. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of Horse Stradamus, handicapper extraordinaire with the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, for the Money Answer Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Think of the world 50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it'll be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. Entrepreneurial Insights is your weekly excursion into the world of business ownership. Presented by Sunbelt Business Brokers, the leading business brokerage and intermediary firm in the world, Entrepreneurial Insights will examine critical issues that impact both existing and prospective business owners. If you own or want to own a small business, listen for Entrepreneurial Insights with John Davies, Pino Boccianello, and Matt Ottaway. Fridays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. school to the pros we we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports Tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, Ed Meyer. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with Ed or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com. Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. Welcome back once again to Winning Ponies. It is our second segment. That is where we chat with our special guest of the week. This week is no different. Joining us this week is hard-working, retired, blue-collar rider. Got every ounce out of his mouth. That you can always bet on. Assistant Racing Secretary at Indiana Downs. Phil and Stewart, Hall of Fame athlete, and a guy I like to call my friend, Mr. Bill Troilo. Bill, are you there? I'm there. I'm here, Ed. How you doing? Very well. Thanks for taking your time out, Billy, because uh, we know that uh, your boss, Mary, will only allow you out of the house and on the phone for so long. 
That's right. Time is money. <laughs> I had the pleasure with working with Bill's wife, Mary, and uh, and I'll tell you what. Uh, I don't know who could who could win the street fight, you or her. I mean, you're a kid from Philly, and uh, you know, uh, and I believe she's from Western Kentucky. I believe, and uh, I don't know who I bet on. <laughs> she's got strong words, and I tell you what, she could back anybody down. <laughs> I'll tell you what, and she can back it up too. <laughs> Bill, this is uh, this is another time that we we've, we've gladly had you on, and uh, once again, thank you for taking the time. Uh, kid from Philly, how does he get in the saddle? Put it in a nutshell for us. I was just lucky enough when I was growing up. I knew uh, someone that played in the Philadelphia Orchestra, and he owned horses, and he had some partnerships with horses uh, with George Arnold of Lexington, and. Uh, he called him up and asked uh, if he could teach me how to ride, and he said he would. And uh, when I graduated high school, I came to Lexington, and uh, he taught me how to ride. And it took about a little over two years, and uh, I was off and running. Off and running. And, you know, uh, now this is I'm going to show my age now, and, uh, and for the many, many wonderful years, you had probably one of the greatest one-man fan clubs. You have many fans, but but the one-man fan club, who I don't think would have ever said a bad word, maybe to you he did, he had enough guts, but uh, that was your father, Nick. Yeah, yeah, God rest his soul. He's been gone five years now, and uh, yesterday was his birthday, so uh, I was thinking about him all day yesterday, but yeah, I surely miss him, and he was my biggest fan. Nick had a way about him, and uh, Nick kind of had that, uh, you'd have probably thought he was in the Sopranos somewhere if you actually met him, and uh, <laughs> Lord have mercy on you if you said, hey, I didn't like the way Troy Lowe wrote, what, what? Hey, man, he'd be right up in your face. I mean, but Nick was a great guy, and uh, and I, I can see definitely how you missed him, and uh, happy birthday, Nick. We're always thinking about you. Well, I appreciate that. Well, it, it comes right from the heart because uh, I remember the time that he threw a can at somebody, I believe, that had something to say about you at a store. Yeah. <laughs> yeah around the track, they called him the Green Bean Bandit. So. <laughs> somebody That's said well. something derogatory about me, and uh, he just happened to hear it, and he took exception to it. So. <laughs> but he was, a he was my bodyguard also. <laughs> He straightened him out. That, and you know what? That's that's just the way Nick kicked it. He was loyal to the core. <laughs> I like that. Yep. Billy, uh, you're, you're at Indiana Downs now. And, uh, you know, uh, before I stick my foot in your my mouth and, and cut you short of uh, all of your duties and, and everything that you do, can you give us a rundown? Now, we know that, we know that you retire from the saddle. And mm-hmm. we're going we're gonna to jump right back on that here shortly. But you're at Indiana Downs now, and it's quite the facility. Actually, I had the, uh, the pleasure of being up there just a few weeks ago. Tell us all about Indiana Downs and what you're doing and uh, what your plans are. Well, right now, Indiana Downs, it's a very nice facility. It's right off 74, about 20 miles before you get to Indianapolis. And they're fortunate enough where they have slots at the track, and it helps fund their purse money. So the purse money is really good. And um, my job title is assistant racing secretary and i'm more or less second in command in the office um i uh i take the entries that, that the horsemen call in and um i put them in the races that they want to be in and i make sure that they're eligible for the race and they're carrying the right weight and um you know i have a staff that takes the entries and uh take care of their payroll and i more or less manage them also and make sure that uh, the entries are taken correctly and that when the overnight comes out for the races, you know, the races are set 72 hours, you know, beforehand and that everything's okay and uh, that the horses are in their proper spots. 
You know, Bill, as, as being uh, being on the other side, I, I think uh, the the game and the sport in Indiana is gaining a very valuable friend, uh, one that has been aboard and knows the importance of having everything right and the I's dotted and the T's crossed. And, and you know, I know that you're, you're very, uh, you're very uh, not, not going to say cautious, you're just very uh, concerned on, on putting out the, you, you did in the saddle, and you're very yeah. concerned on putting forth your greatest effort. And I can only say that Indiana Downs will, uh, will reckon, uh, reckon your abilities and you're just going to go further and further along as they stay open. I hope so, because I enjoy it up there. It's a nice little track. And, you know, working in the office, uh, horse racing game, it's a tough game, and especially financially. And my job as a racing official now is just to really kind of cater to the horsemen because their their job is tough. And, you know, we just try to make it easier for them and make things simpler for them. So, you know, that's basically what, you know, we try to do in the office. This weekend, you uh, you wear a different hat. You take off... Uh... Assistant Racing Secretary hat and switch to a new new cap. Yeah, yeah, I get to be a fill in for a steward. Uh, the state steward's going to be gone for a couple of days, and uh, once I retired, I went to steward school at the University of Louisville. So I finished that and uh, became accredited. So now um, I get my opportunity to go up in the stand and see how it is to be a steward, because that's my ultimate goal one day of hopefully being a steward. And uh, I look forward to it. I really look forward to the challenge. You know, it's almost, I'm excited about it the way I was about riding. So I'm hoping I could do a good job. Well, I'll tell you what, we know that we're going to get our all from you is uh, when you're up there in the stewards, uh, the stewards' word for those out there, they have the final say. And uh, yeah. when, mm-hmm. when you're actually sitting up there and uh, Bill Troilo's up there, you can, you can bet that you're, uh, you're getting your money's worth and everything is adjudicated properly, and uh, at least coming out of his mouth in his direction, that you're going to get a fair shake out of it. Billy, for the million times that you went to the movies, as they used to call it, uh, <laughs> d- define what going to the movies is, and how does it feel being on the other side of the movies now? Well, you know, I have to be respectful to the riders, you know, because I really respected the stewards that that, you know, gave the riders a lot of respect and let them say what they had to say in the movies to defend themselves, you know, if there was a foul or anything like that. And just let them do the talking and, and just sit back and just take in what they have to say and just make a, a decision, you know. You know, you're going to affect, you know, somebody, whether you disqualify somebody or don't disqualify somebody, someone's going to get affected. And you just hope that you make the right decision and, uh, you know, because... Somebody's going to be happy and someone's not going to be happy. But, you know, you have to live with your decision and you just hopefully you make the right one. Well, I, I think, you know, uh, that that we can always count on you to to at least give a fair shake out because you know who's actually pulling, acting, uh, per se, you know, that they, they kind of checked up a little bit. They they may not have had enough uh, a horse to get through there, and they, they put on a good acting job. I think by having a seasoned veteran rider up there to have a say-so, I, I think it's going to mean a whole lot. I think so, too, because, uh, you know, you know as a rider there's spots that you shouldn't be in. There, you know, like you said, there there's some riders that will put themselves in a spot and then kind of grandstand, as they call it, to try to – you know, get a call, get a horse disqualified, they know that they can't beat. And, uh, you know, you have to be aware of that. And just by being out there riding, you know, it just gives you a bigger edge than probably, you know, some stewards that have never been on a horse before. And But, you know, seen a lot of film, but still, it makes a big difference when you've been out there. 
I'm sure it does. And uh, hey, Bill, I think it's a great idea that you're going to uh, serve popcorn and pop up there at the movies. I think it's a wonderful <laughs> idea. <laughs> I also got a fishing pole too, in case you know I have to suspend somebody. You know, send them on a fishing trip. <laughs> <laughs> it's always a good way. And these are all little racetrack isms. Saw a great, yeah. uh, great piece in the Courier Journal this week. It says payoff worth of her jockeys a ride at Churchill Downs driving 115 miles between Louisville and Shelbyville. And they mentioned uh, Francisco Torres, Leandro Gonzalez, James Lopez, Abel Castellano, Oriana Rossi, and Victor LeBron. I mean, these guys are, are working it to the bone. I'm sure you would have done this exactly at their age and their time in your career. Oh, definitely, because I tell you what, it, you know, sometimes you only get a certain amount of time to ride, you know, whether it be weight or injuries. But you have to make the best of it. And for these guys that are young, that can go up and down the road, that doesn't tire them out too bad, that has the business, believe me, they're going to reap the rewards. Because as they get older, if they're smart enough or they can save their money, you know, they can retire at a young age and, and never have to work again. You know, and i tell you what, I wish I could still do it. Uh, Billy, uh, if, if correct me if I'm wrong, I, you had a knee operation, a knee replacement, and you, you thought about coming back at one time. I thought about it. Uh, my doctor thought that I can do it, but, you know, I just kind of sat back and thought about it and, and just, you know, I pondered it for a long time, and, you know, I just felt that I just couldn't do it on a daily basis anymore. I couldn't do the daily grind of getting on horses in the morning, walking the barn area, riding every day. You know, I thought that I could do it for maybe a day or two, but I couldn't do it for a full schedule. And, you know, in horse racing, especially as a rider, you have to go full tilt. You're, you know, you're just hurting yourself. You're hurting the people that you're riding for, and it's not fair to them. And really, it's not fair to me, you know, because I just I come to the realization that I just couldn't do it anymore, you know. And for some riders, it's a hard decision to make, and it was very hard for me, but, you know, it's... Now people ask me, do I miss it? And I do miss it to an extent, but I don't beat myself up about it because I know physically I just can't do it anymore. So, you know, it just kind of eases my thought of ever wanting to come back again. Well, Billy, you're still involved in the game to such a degree, and, and you know, your, your input and, and your, your philosophy are still being imparted to young and upcoming riders, and, and riders on a daily basis, even the seasoned veterans. We both have seen where riders have hung around too long and they, they should have retired eight to ten years ago and they're still out there and they're just not they're just a shadow of themselves true and i tell you what excuse me it's it's very sad to see because i never wanted to be one of them riders i always felt like when you when your athleticism starts declining when your quickness starts declining it's time to leave because you know these horses you know they don't have any mercy on people sometimes. You know, no. if you're not quick, if you don't have them cat-like reflexes, you can get hurt seriously, you know. And you just got to realize that, you know, for myself, you know, I'm just so glad that I was able to come to that conclusion, you know, that, that I was okay with it. You know, for some risers, they struggle so hard, you know, and they just don't want to give it up. And here comes a point where, you know, they lost their reflexes or whatever and, Bam, they get hurt seriously, and then, you know, they're, they're crippled for life, or, you know, and it's just it's a sad situation. But I'm just glad that, you know, I'm, I'm at where I am right now. Well, God puts us where we need to be, and, uh, and you, you did everything that you, uh, you possibly could, and it was always a joy to watch you in the saddle because 
even even from a two dollar punter's uh, standpoint, you we could always count on Bill T. Always giving uh, his greatest of effort. Okay, here comes well, a little hard question, a little bit of a curveball, a little dropsy doodle here. Mm-hmm. Okay, top of the lane rider that you would have hated to actually look over and see to your inside. Oh, uh, it was always Pat Day. It was always Pat Day. Pat was just a terrific rider. Had so much natural ability. Always had horse left. Uh, he would just sit so still. He would let you pass him in the stretch, and then all of a sudden you look over and you think you had him, and he just clucked to his horse, and here he was three lengths in front of you. <laughs> and you know, he was just amazing at being able to do that. And he was such a terrific rider, good for the game, such a professional, and uh, it was an honor riding with him. Oh, and. I, it's an honor just to speak with him and what he's done with his racetrack chaplaincy program and how he's went on just as you're doing, how he's still affecting the game even though he's not aboard in any mounts today. But, I mean, how his hand is still in the game and, and how he's, uh, you know, uh, through, through his, uh, his devout uh, calling the, that day, through his chaplaincy, that, you know, he's helping, and he's helping people on a daily basis and he's still Pat Day. Yeah, he, he's just a terrific human being. He always helped me my whole riding career. You know, he taught me a lot. He he was so easy to go to talk to in the jocks room. You know, he always had time for you. He always made time for everything, you know. I mean, he had so many hands pulling him different ways with charities and everything, and he always had time to give. So, you know, he's a special guy. Oh, incredibly special. You know, this is going to sound silly, but every time I chat with Pat Day, when I walk away, or if it was by phone or if it was by uh, interview or whatever, I felt about three degrees cleaner. He just—he had a way yeah. of uh, of just imparting that that true that, that true cleanliness, just like your mom or dad would have wanted, and and they would have wanted for you to do to do the right thing. But Pat Day mm-hmm. just makes you—he he you leave feeling better than when you walked up. Oh yeah, he always made me feel felt good about myself. You know, he was an elite rider. He never looked down on anybody. He always talked to everybody as an equal. You know, and he was just, he's just a special guy, you know. He had problems in his early career, you know, in his personal life, but he turned things around and he just, I mean, he got a second chance and he just took full advantage of it. And in fact, he did. And oh, man, I couldn't imagine what it, to look over and see those socks. I bet you did. Oh, man, there he is. Again. Not, not him again. <laughs> <laughs> not him again. Okay, we, we close one chapter to a degree. And Indiana Downs is a very cool location. And as you brought up, uh, you do have alternative gaming in uh, a state of the art facility. I, I just can't say enough good about it. How would you say business is going in your location of the world? It is going fantastic. Uh, they were, they're up from last year, and we've had some cancellations because we've had a ton of rain up in uh, that area, and uh, they've got some extra purse money in the last two weeks of the meet. There's going to be some really good racing, and they're going to be giving away a lot of money. And, um, you know, they just had a fantastic meet, really. You know, we haven't gotten a chance to run on the turf course as much as we'd like because of the weather. But if the, you know, in the last two weeks, if the weather holds good, there's going to be some really good racing up there. And, you know, you have a lot of people coming up here from Churchill Downs and all. And, you know, sometimes, you know, Churchill running four days a week, you know, horses aren't getting in where they want to get in and all. And, you know, Indiana Downs gives them another option to come and, and race for good money also. Well, I'll tell you, I, I know there's many other states that are standing in line for the opportunity, 
you know, for VLTs or alternative gaming. And, and I'm great. I'm grateful that, that the, the game in Indiana is allowing horsemen to survive and, and keep on, uh, keep on trucking per se. I mean, they're, they're, they're running for bigger and better purses and they keep, it, it keeps the game alive. It's, it's a whole lot of fun. Billy, on a little more serious note, you know, there was a wonderful article written by Marty McGee in the Daily Racing Forum and a rider that you actually faced in your career, Greta Kunzweiler, back yep. to riding. And uh, as, as an assistant racing, assistant racing secretary, boy, there's a lot of S's there. And uh, assistant racing secretary and as a steward, how would you impart wisdom for this young upcoming rider? Now, she's put the bad behind her, and hopefully we keep it there impress for for the future. What would your words of wisdom be for Greta? Well, you know, she she's just got to take advantage of this second opportunity because, you know, her personal life has been just a downward spiral, spiral in the last, you know, five, six years. And I don't know what got her off track because she's a, she's a good girl and she's a good little rider. And, um, you know, she's just got to take advantage of this second opportunity because, you know, it may never come again. And, like I said, as riders, we don't get a chance to ride forever. So if this is something that you truly love, you know, you better take advantage of it and work hard and, and just stick to it because, you know, she may never get this shot again. I sure hope that she does. Uh, I think that she was a fine uh, arrangement in the saddle, and she was always exciting, and it was always a lot of fun. And uh, she had a couple of nice, successful, uh, you know, runs and volleys there. And I'm hoping that she actually, I believe she came back today and had two out of the monies. And I believe she had a runner-up finish. So uh, she's knocking on the door, came back today, which is good. And I wish her nothing but the best. And I'm sure everyone else does. But I just wanted to just see what you, you actually thought and what Bill Troilo, you know, the professional side, uh, not, not the competitive uh, the guy in the, uh, in the next uh, in the next stall, but but actually the uh, the man that's that adjudicates the races and, and what what you just said. But I I agree with you completely there, and I don't think she could go wrong if she follows his notes. Billy, I'm going to fire some bullets at you. Are you ready okay. to dance? Sure. All right. As a man who holds many hats in racing, uh, what do you think the next logical step would be? Synthetic surfaces, in or out? Out. I agree to that one. I think people are starting to even taste it in California that it's kind of negative out there. But, hey, the, the jury's still out. It's going to take a little time. Yeah, Short I think, of, you know, for places like Turfway, it has really helped because it's cut back on their cancellations, you know, for wintertime racing. But all in all, like racetracks in California that have good weather and everything, there's no reason for a dirt track to ever be bad. You know, it's just, I don't know, synthetic tracks, um, Oh, it's like especially it's whether a horse likes it or not. You know, it's going to change the breeding and everything. You know, we go to all synthetic tracks because there's a lot of horses that just don't care for them. California moves so quick, and I think it should have been a little more wait and see. Shorter meets the Mammoth Park experiment in or out? Uh, I think it's out. You know, I think it's. You know, for five thousand dollar horses running for thirty thousand dollar purses and all, and I think it hurts the horse really because I think horses of that caliber get switched over. They get overturned so much by different barns. You know, just a you know a horse barn may claim a horse for five thousand running back for five thousand just for a thirty thousand dollar pot, and I think the horse gets less attention. And um, you know, I just don't think that um, mamas can sustain 
something like that, you know, on a continuous basis from year to year. You know, I just think it's too difficult to give that kind of money away. Very interesting, and it's a very fair call. And alternative gaming, is it the answer? No, it's a Band-Aid. I think it's a Band-Aid right now. Uh, I think many tracks are surviving because of it, but I think somewhere down the line, uh, I think the gaming industry will somehow will try to phase out horse racing where they they don't have to subsidize horse racing and uh i think horse racing just needs to get more people involved in the game uh the younger crowd it, it seems like you know it's too hard for them to understand the game and they're not willing to try it, it just seems like it's much easier for them to go in there and pull a slot machine than it is to sit down and read a racing form you know but that's the beauty of horse racing it's just you know it's a challenge of handicapping and everything and the beauty of the animal whereas uh, I think the younger generation is missing out on such a spectacular sport. I agree to that completely. That uh, I'm not going to say it's a, a chess-like game, but it's more of a cerebral game. You have to think a bit. It's just not plunking quarters and watch it spin and say, oh, win or lose. Or, no, it's not you know, flashy lights and all that stuff, you know, mm-hmm. and all the glitter that can see, casinos you know, have. But, you know, it's a spectacular sport. I mean, these animals are, are beautiful animals, and they're gifted, and they you know, just to come see him run is really spectacular. I I can't agree with you more. Even if I uh, was, uh, I just had a paper route. I I would be a fan. I I start off as a fan and I'll end as a fan, and and uh, I I agree completely. Final note, Bill, and uh, I know because Mary wants you off the phone and right now, Mister. <laughs> Final note: the schools, the University of Arizona Louisville, that prepare students for careers in racing. And, and, and you're, you're more uh, versed now with Louisville, as you said, you, you attended uh, and picked up, uh, picked up your credentials there. What would Professor Troilo had to say for students looking to begin a career in racing? Well, I'd have to say, you know, try to get started on the backside. Even if it's walking a horse or learning how to groom a horse. I mean, everything is, is around the horse. I mean, learn everything about the horse before you learn about the business of the horse. You know, and when you can learn everything about the horse, then everything with the business of the horse will come after that, and you'll be a better person for it because you understand the horse. You understand what goes on on how to train him, how to get him to the races, and and then, you know, whether you go into the management side of horse racing or whatever, I think it will make you a better business person. Billy, I like that answer. That is and Professor Troilo class, I don't think that I'll be riding anytime soon, but uh, I, would have, I would have thought that to be an insightful answer. Bill, on behalf of Winning Ponies, we'd like to thank you for your time and wish you and yours, which is your lovely wife Mary, the best on and off the track, and you and your new endeavors in your career. Best well, of I appreciate luck. that, Ed. And can I give a quick shout-out, Ed? Mary of wanted course. me to mention that uh, next Thursday I'm playing in a celebrity softball game at Florence Freedom Stadium for uh, Special Olympics, and uh, we'd like to have anybody out there who will come and have a good time. And that is always the best part. Bill, and, and neglectfully, did I, did I mention that, that how charitable-oriented uh, your, your entire life has been, and you've you played in so many, so many wonderful, uh, wonderful leagues, uh, special, special events, and you've always, you've always been uh, cognizant of uh, the importance of such. Yeah, because, you know, it's, it's always good to give back. You know, I've been so fortunate in life. You know, I've had a good life. I've had a good career. 
but until you work with people that are less fortunate and all, it just puts everything in perspective of how lucky you really are. Well, Bill, we're lucky to have you on tonight, and, and I'd like to thank you, my friend, and we'll be talking to you soon. Great, Ed. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you, Bill. Bill Troilo, man of many hats, Indiana Downs. He was a heck of a rider. I'll tell you what, I, he talked about Pat Day. I wouldn't want to face Billy T because he was always not going to just throw in the towel. He was going to give you everything he has. So with that being said, I hope you enjoyed that. We're going to head into a quick break, and then we're going to turn around, and we're going to have on our man, the Mule Man. He's going to impart a little quick wisdom to us about the mules and let us know what is happening, as that's Mr. Pistol Pete Ivo, but you're only going to grab him here on Winning Ponies. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of Horstradamus, handicapper extraordinaire with the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business talk. Spin It with Chuck Foreman has a spin on so much that's going on. It will be hard to fit it all into the promo. We'll talk about the weekend games, what to look forward to, hot topics in the news. Spin It Old School, which gives a back-in-the-day approach from Chuck. A no-spin zone where Chuck gives an unbiased opinion and lets you do the same. Chuck will be taking us around town and around the world with news, happenings, and more. It's football, news, and happenings. Tune in for Spin It with Chuck Foreman. Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, Ed Meyer. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with Ed or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com. Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. Welcome back once again to Winning Ponies. I'm your host, Ed Meyer. 
And thank you for taking the time to tune in. Winning Ponies, $4.8 million in growing in the exotic predictions and growing. I can't stress that enough. Never too late to get on board. Check it out, winningponies.com. It's fun. It's easy. It's economical. I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised. Check it out, 4.8 and growing. That's million, that is, Texas Tea. Speaking about a man who's going to have about 4.8 before the weekend is over, that is my man Pistol Pete Aiello. He is with us. Pistol, are you there? Yes, sir. I'm here. Did you catch any Billy Troilo? Uh, the very end. The very end. Nice guy. Very nice guy. He is. He, he's the man. And, he's, you know, he's going on a different facet of the business, and that, uh, that should prove a, you know, a new challenge for him, which is good for everybody involved. Oh, and I think he's going to bring his experience. Talk about bringing experience. We're talking to Pistol Pete, a.k.a. the Mule Man. Mule Racing is in full gear. The stage is yours, my man. Well, last week, you know, we talked about the two queen mules, Bar GF Hot Ticket and Bar GF Red Ticket. They both competed at Stockton last Sunday. Of course, they finished 1-2, triggering a $2.40 exact, I want to say. But they did uh, impress visually as Bar GF Hot Ticket gained the upper hand on her younger sister. They pulled clear of the rest of the field, and both of them actually broke the track record. Of course, the distinction of the track record will now go to Bar GF Hot Ticket, who was an authoritative winner. Hmm. Okay, so... As I as I was calling out, and you were talking about, I believe it now. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. You were talking about a mule that paid six dollars. This past uh, week. No, that was the day before. That was actually their younger yeah. brother, uh, Bar JF Lucky Ticket. He remained undefeated, <laughs> uh, beating up on mules on Friday at Stockton. So it was actually two days before that. So the younger brother won on Friday. Uh, their and their his full sisters finished first and second on Sunday. So it's it's quite the royal family of mules. Family tradition. Okay, now if we want to watch mules, now a lot of people really aren't geared into this as much, and they're if if and so they're they're just kind of learning as they're going along. Okay, is this is this more of a date? Can we look for them in the daytime uh, evening? Uh, is it mainly based in California? Where where do we go from here? How do we get it on? Well, the the, the only place that offers uh, mule races on a regular basis right now is the Northern California Fair Circuit. They just moved from Stockton to the Alameda County Fair in Pleasanton this week. Pleasanton actually opened yesterday. And uh, traditionally speaking, the mule races are carded as the first or second race on the program. So if you're looking for a race at Pleasanton and you see Bar JF, it's kind of the telltale sign. Uh, that was pointed out to me by a good friend of mine that short of uh, knowing the mules, you really have no reason, way of knowing in the past performances that they are mules. Um, but if you're looking for Bar JF, you're looking for pedigrees, and some of them stay unknown. That's definitely the mule races. Uh, they're usually early on in the card, uh, first or second race on the Northern California Fair Circuit, available at most simulcast locations and most all ADW website wagering uh, places. Okay, so now we know what to look for, where it's at, and how to get our bet on. And, Pete, do we like anything this uh, in the upcoming weekend, tomorrow? Do we, do we like anything? It doesn't have to be mule. It can be thoroughbred. Yeah, actually, the, the, the mule races take the day off tomorrow. They take bow backseat to Arabian and Quarter Horses to kick off the card in uh, Alameda County tomorrow. Uh, Saturday, there's a mule race. I think that Loretta Jones looms the one to beat in there. She should be heavily favored, but she's going up against an up-and-comer in Callie McGee the second. Callie McGee the second is actually a sister to uh, Dash and Bobby McGee, who won the mule racing's richest race last year. Uh, she's actually a lightly race mule, only been defeated one time, so she looms a shot in there. 
And uh, talking about Sunday's card, Sunday's card, uh, we're talking about the 27th of June, a speed index uh, condition race. That's kind of how they, they group these mules. So many of them get good in a hurry uh, that they actually uh, take a look at the speed indexes, much like the quarter horses, and try to come up with a category like Sunday's races, average speed index of 105 and under to try to you know, give, the, give the slower mules a shot to run against their own kind and vice versa with the faster ones. Uh, but if you look in the uh, first race on Sunday, anybody who uh, paid attention to Winning Ponies last year knows that one of my favorite mules is running on Sunday, and we're talking about the mule named Jet Fuel. Uh, Jet Fuel's coming out of a race at Stockton. He actually ran in the aforementioned uh, big race with Hot Ticket and Red Ticket. Jet Fuel was up against it in there. He can't beat the Queens, but he did finish fourth in the race, uh, defeated by another mule in here named Jeannie Jones. So because he lost to a mule that he's going to face again on Sunday, he might actually get a good price on this mule. Uh, Jet Fuel likes the outside portion. He draws a more-than-outside position. And uh, should he get a straight path under James Wooten, he should prove tough in there. We're talking about Jet Fuel on Sunday in Alameda County. Liking that. Liking that. Pete's already given us Sunday, dialing it up for us. Any thoroughbred uh, uh, tidbit you want to lay out there, a name, a date, anywhere we need to be looking? Uh, well, tomorrow afternoon at River Downs, the second race on the program is quite interesting. We have a horse in the race named uh, Reckless Capone, who's coming over from Southern California. Joe Woodard went into Southern California and got a package deal of horses, kind of the cast-offs from Southern Cal, uh, and he's actually been doing quite well with those horses. But the caveat there is they've been overbet. Interestingly, though, this horse is 5-2 to two on the morning line. The morning line maker, Mr. Battaglia, goes with five. Kentucky President, 6-5. to five. If the morning line holds true, I'll take a shot with the Southern Cal invader, Reckless Capote. He was not disgraced, and there's only conventional start, dirt start at Fairplex. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm wrong a whole lot. Does the official meet end on the 26th, which is Saturday? Yes, the, the meet will start over. We're into the, uh, the fall season, if you will, or the summer meet at River Downs uh, starting on Sunday. So these guys get a clean slate, which to work with, but it shouldn't change much uh, other than the, uh, the, the people atop the leaderboard, and that'll only be for a little bit. And it, right now it's Joe Woodard and Charlie Lawson. They're hooking and cooking, and they're making an exciting. Yeah, you know, it's down. interesting because both of those guys, they run such big outfits, they usually run into the same problem. And Joe has actually ran into it in a big-time way lately, uh, hence the reason to go to California. You know, these guys, they, they run these horses in the same races, you know, non-winners of one and two years, and they'll win that race. So then they have a horse eligible for two and two years. Meanwhile, their two and two years horse will get beat, so then they'll have two for the two and two years. They'll both win that condition, and the long story short, they end up having four and five horses apiece for the same race. You know, they, you can't just do do business that way. The races don't uh, don't get carted quick enough for those guys. And in essence, what Joe's done is he said, "Look, I know I got horses that are out of conditions, that are in the wide open class levels. I'm going to get some that have conditions, and we'll see what we can do with that." And so far, it's worked out fairly well. He had a horse last week that he got from Hollywood that. Uh, one off one to nine. It was quite the cozy little spot. Non-winners in two years. Uh-huh. Uh, certainly a trainer that's been waiting for the non-winners in two years classification uh, has to uh, have a sick stomach when he sees Joe ordered with a horse from California <laughs> in there. Well, Peter, we're pressed on the time. Appreciate the mule report and the update on the meat and what we need to be looking for for tomorrow in the second at River. Pete, thanks for the call. We look forward to you next week, brother. All right, guys. You have a good evening. Thank you, Pete. Pete Ayala, the mule man. He knows his game. All right, we got a couple minutes here. We're going to do some speed handicapping here. Going to throw you a little fireball on Friday in the ninth race at Churchill, 10-18, because they start at 6 o'clock. Look at the four 
finish in style. Three to one, Freddie Lenclou aboard. Three for four, Churchill. Four for nine on the turf. Two races back in for condition 52 lifetime. This time, condition 32 lifetime. 30,000 to lifetime, that is. Three to one, that is a gift. Sixth at Arlington on Saturday, and that is five and a half on the turf, the Arlington Sprint Handicap. I like the more sacred journey, three to one, Ramon Dominguez. And that they're going to beat the uh, the nine to five Chamberlain Bridge. I think the five and a half, the extra half furlong, is going to get a little leg weary. Dominguez isn't going to shy town for nothing. Maybe it's the dogs, but I think Mr. Dutro and Dominguez scorch him in the sixth at Arlington. The fifth back in New York at Belmont in his six on the turf. I like the one. It's a chalkster. Four to five. Hear the footsteps. But what a way to kick off your pick six and your pick three. Hear the footsteps. Ninth race at Belmont, also like the one Biofuel, 5-1, to one, Eureka De Silva and Reed Baker. They're pointing this runner, and this is three off of a layoff. Polly track to the dirt. Give her pace, and she will run. I watched her just inhale the field last time out, but the poly track angle is why you're getting 5-1. to one. She just tore them apart up in uh, Woodbine, and I will say that Biofuel will be a devastating character to face. The 10th at Churchill, and that's the debutante. It's a grade three. I like the six. That's just Louise. Three to one, Robbie Alvarado. It looks like he had his choice amounts. And then on to the ninth at Monmouth. We're going to round out with this one. And this is one to hammer and slammer. The 10 horse, Beta Bay, Alan Garcia, five for your two. Well, we got... 20 seconds left, and time flies when you're talking thoroughbred racing. Winning ponies would like to thank Bill Troilo and special guests as special guests this week, and Pistol Pete the Mule Man, and you, as always, for tuning in. So until next week, Winning Ponies wishes you all the best and hopes that your winners be many and your photos be few. Good luck and good night, everyone. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.